0: Hi folks, good to see you tonight. Thank you for being with us for our midweek uh, Bible teaching. It is good to be back after Christmas holidays and I uh, trust that you had a good Christmas. And uh, we are excited about being back with you uh, in the Word of God on Wednesday nights. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, and I hope that you do, or if you can uh, open your Bible on your phone uh, to Isaiah 38. Isaiah chapter 38. Tonight I want us to think about how do you respond to when you receive tragic news uh, how should we respond Uh, in fact we're going to find out from hezekiah the right way to respond when we get tragic news either tragic news that relates to you or someone that you love or or just a friend and it 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 could be news about your health it could be friends that are in financial ruin it could be uh, a a marriage that's uh that's on the rocks but how do we respond when we hear tragic news? Um, we you, we know one of different one of several different ways we can disconnect. We can kind of go aloof and kind of go off and say, oh, you know, that's somebody else's worry. That's not mine. Or we can get angry and lash out at people. Or we can or we should pray. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians when we encounter tragic news. And so. Um, we're going to look at Isaiah 38 and again. The king of Judah was Hezekiah, a godly king. He, he had heard some tragic news about his own personal health. And maybe you're listening tonight and you've received some tragic news about your personal health or you know someone that has. He responded in prayer, and what happened after that is just downright shocking to me. It's, uh, I've been fascinated by this passage uh, uh, for a long long time and so let's look at it and i just got one simple point for us tonight with a few application questions in fact three of them at the end of the teaching and then i just want us to spend some time in prayer we've got some folks that need prayer tonight and so i want to spend a few minutes in prayer for those individuals isaiah 38 we're just going to look at the first six verses it begins listen if you would the verse one follow along with me in those days hezekiah became mortally ill Actually, uh, ESV says that uh, he, was, um, he was about to die. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. So he's being told that he's going to die. Uh, he's receiving some tragic news about his own life. Uh, a little bit about Hezekiah. He was king of Judah, but this time uh, yeah, he had been a king Actually, he was a prince at age 13, and uh, he was under his father. And his father kind of ruled an uh, idolatrous nation, and, that he, and he inherited that. Uh, Isaiah, the prophet, was, of course, ministering in Judah at this time. He had been a prophet for nearly 40 years by this point. And so he was a very trusted man, a very faithful man of God. He had a ministry of integrity going on. And we're, told the na- we're not told the nature of Hezekiah's illness. And I've read uh, the, some theories that it could have been a bubonic plague uh, or some other uh, disease. Nobody really knows. We just know it was serious disease, sickness to the point of death. So the prophet Isaiah goes to him. We don't know if Hezekiah called him or if God told Isaiah to go tell him what to do. But look at the end of verse 1. He says, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Literally, what uh, it says in the Hebrew is, You will not get well. So it was tragic news. It was not news that Hezekiah wanted to hear. uh, And maybe you're here tonight again listening, and you've received some kind of tragic news, or again, you know someone that has. And so uh, I think we can find encouragement from how Hezekiah dealt with this tragic news uh he takes his word you know face value this prophet isaiah no reason to not believe isaiah because he was a man of god and he was speaking on behalf of god but i'm sure his mind had to wander mine would have uh would have wandered about what have i done or what what have i not done what's going to happen after i die uh because his house was not in order he was just reminded of uh he didn't have an heir to the throne he hadn't had children yet uh, so he did not have an heir to the throne uh, verse 2 tells us uh, how he responds look at verse 2 then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord now that word turn there I don't, I don't think it's uh, what a lot of people think when they read that that uh, he just didn't want to face up to it I think he turned as a, as a way of focusing on prayer with God on having a conversation with God he turned who turned his head from the circumstances that he was dealing with. He had just gotten this tragic news, and he turned his head so that he could be focused in his prayer with his heavenly Father. So um, look at verse 3. It says, And and he said in his prayer, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech you, how I have walked before you in truth and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. Now you read that, and I read that, and we think, man, this—he's kind of being a little arrogant, isn't he? I mean, he's kind of—he's kind of blowing his own whistle, so to speak. He's saying how good—how good he's—how good, he's, good his life has been, and he's walked in truth, and he's, he's with his whole heart, and he's been obedient to the Lord. He—he's kind of tooting his horn in—in in a sense, and uh, you can kind of think as you read that, uh, my goodness, this—this—this this, uh, this, uh, king is uh, coming across pretty arrogant. He's, he's full of himself um, but I don't believe that's the case I think he knew Deuteronomy 3 16 where God basically said to his people you obey me and there's going to be a blessing he told the people of God that and that's a principle all through the scriptures you obey God there's going to be a blessing so Hezekiah is saying hey God I've obeyed you I've walked with you, I've had deep fellowship with you. So please remember me. That's, that's what's coming through here. Please remember me, God. Please have mercy on me. Um, and a little background on, on Hezekiah, 2 Kings 18 and 2 Chronicles 29 through 31. Give us a commentary on Hezekiah as king. He was disgusted with the idolatry that he inherited as king from his, from his dad's reign over the over Judah and the first month he cleaned house he, he just got he got real serious about cleaning house he literally went in the temple and threw out uh, the idolatry wor- idolatry and the worship there the relics that were used in worship of idols he removed all those he broke off the ties with king Assyria and his pagan ways he put the priests back to work and the Levites back to work in the temple with worship he restored worship and the result that was taking place during this time there was great joy in, in the nation of judah with this they they were just beyond beyond themselves excited and delighted that uh, hezekiah has come in has taken on to do this um in fact probably most excitement they've had since king solomon was taking place at this time and in a sense revival came to the land and to the people And that's what he's saying to God. Look again at verse 3. He says, God, remember now, O Lord, I beseech you how I've walked before you in truth and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. But then look what it says. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. So he's saying there, "I've, I've been faithful. I've been obedient. Have mercy on me, God. Please spare my life. And then at the end, it says he wept bitterly. Uh, what what is in that phrase wept bitterly means he he wept with a lot of grief um he was distraught he was devastated but why i don't know when i think when i read this i think why was hezekiah distraught and why was he why was he uh, devastated because he had unfinished business and how many of you know that when you get tragic news or you know somebody's gotten tragic news and You've been told you've got a month to live, or you've got six months to live, or maybe you've got a week to live. Um, how many of you know that you're, you're going to start thinking about things that you haven't done yet? Uh, and so that's, that's what's going on here. He has unfinished business, and sure, he wanted to have children. No question, he wanted to have children. He wanted to have an heir to the throne. He wanted to do more for God, and so he's in bitter distress because of that. Unfinished business. But notice what he does he prays and in this response to his prayer you've got to go to second kings chapter 20 verse 4 i'm just going to summarize what it says over there it says before isaiah had gone out of the middle court before the prophet had left the the inner sanctum of the temple the word of the lord came to isaiah to turn back and say this to hezekiah so note this it's like an immediate answer from the Lord uh, from Hezekiah's prayer Uh, how many would like for that to happen in your life tonight if you've had tragic news come to you or someone that you know and uh, before you log out tonight God gives you the answer to your prayer how many would like that raise your hand I can't see your hands but I can those that are here Uh, I see those hands up way up there Um, (laughs) we would love that right an immediate answer to his prayer Um, he's been he's you know maybe you've been struggling and boom here's what you need to do you get that word from the Lord we would all love to have that so Isaiah does what God says to do comes back and this message was much better than the first look at it verse 5a Isaiah comes back and this is what this is the second message now think about this the first message he's been told that he's going to die you might as well get your, get your house in order you're going to die now he's been given a, a more encouraging word listen to it Go and say, then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of your father David. Now, why in the world is it the God of David? Why is that being brought up at this point? Well, what, what is being referred to here, what God has given to Isaiah to, to share with uh, Hezekiah is the Davidic covenant that had been made. 2 Samuel 7, you remember where God appeared to David, and he says you're not going to build the temple you remember that he told david you're not going to build the temple uh your son solomon who's going to follow in the house is going to build the throne and the temple for that will be for uh worship of me forever and ever and so now hezekiah you're in line though so maybe you're not as concerned god is saying as i am because i'm going to stay true to my promise to david I'm going to make sure it happens. And because you're in line, I'm going to continue this plan, he's saying there. And and so notice what he says. I've seen your tears. I've seen your brokenness. Do you see what's going on? He's moved the heart of God with his tears. He's moved the heart of God with his brokenness. It's interesting to me. God does not respond to his obedience that he says in his prayer to God he doesn't respond to his faithfulness did you notice that god didn't care about that at this point uh god's saying though i've been watching you the whole time and yeah yeah you blown my mind with your obedience and with your faithfulness but he doesn't mention it why he doesn't because here's the point see god's not impressed hear me tonight with your obedience or my obedience he's not impressed with that he expects our obedience he expects my obedience amen god when in his word he tells us to make disciples he expects us to make disciples and so that's what the, that's the point here uh that god is wanting us to see he like parents you, what do you expect your children to do uh when it comes to obedience you expect them to do it right uh, so that's what's going on here uh he expects him to to be obedient so he's not he's not gonna highlight that in his response to hezekiah he, again, says, I see your tears. I hear your, your weeping. I, I, I hear your, your, your request. And look what he says he's going to do. I'm going to give you 15 more years to your life. Now, how many of you would like to have that? I'm going to give you 15 more years to your life. But notice, again, as far as we know, Hezekiah didn't ask for that. But I go, wait a minute. God said at the beginning of this chapter, you're going to die and now he says i'm going to add 15 years to you and that raises a very key theological question that we need to grapple with for a moment and that is this does this mean that god changes his mind does this mean that god changes his mind you know the attribute of god one of the attributes of god is the word immutable and god is immutable and that means he doesn't change now, let me give you some scriptures that support that hebrews 13:8 says We know this verse. Jesus Christ is what? The same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Uh, And so, so what that's referring to is that uh, God doesn't change in it come to his person and his purposes. He doesn't change in regards to who he is. Psalm 110 4 says, The Lord is sworn and will not change his mind. So, God does not change his mind. You find it over and over in the Word of God. I just gave you two examples, there's multiple examples there. But here it appears that he changes his mind. And there are other times where it also appears that he changes his mind. He does the same thing. Let me give you an example Ezekiel 32. You remember there, they had been uh, heavily involved in false worship. And God said, I've seen it. He said to Moses, I've seen what's going on. I've seen their worship of idols. I've seen this people. And behold, remember what it said? they are a stiff-necked people now therefore let me alone that my wrath god said there may burn against the hot against them that i may consume them in order that i may make a great nation of you and then moses however a few verses later implores god to turn from that anger you know there god's telling them tell, you know he's he's giving his He told them to stiff-necked, and he's going to burn his anger against them. And now Moses says, a few verses later, God, no, turn from your anger, change your mind, and relent from this disaster against your people that you're going to bring. And you know what God does? He relents. That word relent is found two places that means the same thing in the Hebrew, and that is means to change his mind it's found in deuteronomy it's in numbers and it's found here it means translated change his mind so let's talk about this so when moses prayed and here hezekiah prayed god decided i'm not going to bring the judgment that i said i would so prayer is what changed the situation please note that prayer is what changed god's mind and that's true for you and true for me in this case God responded to that situation that God that Hezekiah brought before him, and he did that by answering it. And so the point is, our job is to pray, amen, to call out to him. It's up to God whether he will heal on this side of eternity. It's up to God whether he'll reverse the judgment that maybe he's already declared on you uh, or on me. Uh, and not do it. And so, verse 6 tells us the result of his prayer. So I hope you got what I what the point that I was making is yes, God changes his mind based on our prayers. Don't miss that. God changes his mind not always, but as we see in other cases, but here he changes his mind based on the prayer, the fervent prayer, the urgent prayer the intense prayer of hezekiah to him look at the results verse six last verse we're going to look at i will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of assyria that's the, the, the syrians were all into idolatry worship of other gods other than the true god and i will defend this city city being jerusalem so notice here it's not just that he's going to deliver twofold Answer to the to, to response to his prayer. He's going to help Hezekiah. He's going to respond to Hezekiah, um, and we don't know Hez- we don't know whether Hezekiah didn't a- ask anything for the city. All indication is he didn't ask for it, God to do anything for the city of Jerusalem, just for his own life. And so that's what God adds: 15 years to his life is the answer to his prayer. But he also answers it and says, "I'm going to deliver Jerusalem from the Assyrians." That reminds me of Ephesians 3, 20, folks. God, I am be confident in the fact that God is able to do abundantly above and beyond what I could ever hope for, dream up, or even imagine. God is able to do. And uh, I think of that verse whenever I come to this place in this story. So what's my point tonight? One point, as I said at the beginning, how do I respond to tragic news? We do it with intense intense urgent prayer not half-hearted prayer not uh, lip service prayer not uh, prayer in which uh, we walk away from that prayer and we begin to doubt whether God will do it or not but we're talking about intense urgent prayer believing prayer believing that we've already received the answer even before we've asked for God to do what we've asked him to do Maybe it's sickness in your life. Maybe it's a divorce that you're dealing with or someone you know. Maybe it's financial ruin. Whatever is happening, we urgently cry out to God. That's, what, that's the point of this whole story, that Hezekiah, God changed his mind because of that. God chose to change the judgment of, of him dying. His life was about to end, and changed it and gave him 15 more years of life. Wow. God calls on us to urgently cry out to him to put us and our situation in his hands. God, change this. God, change this marriage. God, change this financial ruin that I'm in. God, heal this marriage. God, heal this, this uh, lack of love that I have going on with my husband or my wife you know i could i could say oh i could give many many examples here but that's you got to be fervent with that you got to be urgent with that god do it god i need you the healing god to do it um, that's what hezekiah was doing and he left it with him and he trusted him and sometimes folks he will answer the prayer like he did hezekiah but there's other times that he doesn't let's talk about what do we do in those times when we've been praying we've been praying we've been urgent with God and yet he hasn't answered our prayer what do we do you know because some people think you know it, they, they give up on God some people think well I, well, I don't want to bother God with what I'm dealing with what this tragic situation or news that I, I've received I, I, I just don't want to I'm not sure it's in his will uh urgency God please intervene show me what to do god save my child god give me direction i've been praying for a marriage recently i've been praying for the wife in this marriage i've been praying that he the husband has a biblical reason to leave her but i've been praying against that i've been praying for reconciliation amen I've been praying for healing of the marriage. I've been praying for repentance. I've been praying for forgiveness, forgiveness in that marriage, and just trusting that God's going to do that. God will do that. That's urgent prayer, and I've been praying that. So should be our urgency in our praying. Let me close then with three applications. I can't leave this, uh, this incredible. Again, it just blows my mind, this account here. I want to give you three applications in the form of three questions so if you got a pencil i encourage you to jot these down i want you to spend some time uh mulling over these uh letting them soak over in your head and in your heart number one is there any spiritual unfinished business in your life notice i said spiritual unfinished business i'm not talking about business like you know uh uh uh, uh what's that what's that list bucket list that a lot of people have before they end their life before their life ends i'm not talking about anything like that i'm talking about spiritually is there anything spiritually unfinished in your life if today was the if tomorrow was the last day if you knew that tomorrow was going to be the last day on this earth for you what's unfinished spiritually that you would want to give attention to or next week you you know that next week is going to be your last week on this planet Uh, You know, I always say you should live every day as if it's your last. Uh, I believe Hezekiah, out of this prayer and this answer to prayer, he came to, to believe that and began to live that in the 15 years. In fact, the 15 years, I meant to share that and I jumped over it, but in the 15 years, extra 15 years that God gave him, he did all those things, I, I think I did mention them, all those things where he went into the temple, threw the relics out of the idolatrous, idolatrous worship that was going on. He got the priest and the Levites serving again, and he brought worship back, true worship, into the temple. He brought success to the city of Jerusalem. He built the he, Hezekiah Tunnel. Even today, the Hezekiah Tunnel is outside the gate, at one of the gates outside of uh, Jerusalem. It's still there. It's, it's a marvel. The work that he did in building that hezekiah tunnel that brought water into the city and so all those things my point is all those things took place during the the 15 years that god extra 15 years that god gave him so do you think he finished some spiritual business that had been unfinished absolutely because you know what else happened he had a child manasseh who became king later so he did have a child he had a boy and so God saw fit to give him 15 years and out of that uh Hezekiah did take care of spiritual business in the 15 years that God gave him so I ask you do you have some spiritual business unfinished business that you need to take care of maybe it's been brewing in your heart maybe it's just maybe it's a desire to go do some mission work somewhere maybe it's a desire to go plan a ch- help plan a church uh maybe it's a desire to start some new ministry uh through the church the church that hadn't even thought about doing what is what is that unfinished business spiritually in your life you need to think about that you see hezekiah had urgency he got his family in order is what he did as he was reminded that his home was not in order his family was not in order when he was told that he was going to die back at the beginning of the chapter he set the city up again for success and he did all those things during those 15 years and then he had god blessed him with a child an heir to the throne of manasseh number two question that you got to ask is are you praying again how do you respond when you've heard tragic news are you praying with urgency or hesitation Are you praying with urgency or hesitation? You know, prayers don't have to be long. They don't have to be drawn out, long prayers, and even using big uh, flowery words in our prayers. Remember Peter? Peter was about to go down. He's about to drown. You remember that in Matthew, I think it's chapter 7? And what was his prayer? Simple. Save me. Jesus, save me. As simple as that can be your prayer, and God's going to hear that prayer and he's going to hear your cries, and he's going to see your tears. Uh, Number three question you need to ask is, are you keeping in mind that your current trial can be used to build your faith? Oh, that's the one that we drop so often, don't we, when we're facing a trial, when we're facing a tragedy, when we're facing difficulties. Are you keeping in mind that your current trial can be used to build your faith? you know maybe you're listening tonight and you've not received the answer that you've wanted in your prayers you've been praying and praying and you've been showing your tears to god you've been crying out to god he's seen those tears he's heard your your prayer request know that god has heard you tonight know that god has seen your tears and know that he's standing there in your life offering comfort and he's offering peace in your life tonight And I wanna add to that, that though you haven't gotten an answer yet, and maybe it'll be a while before you get that answer, what you need to do is you need to step out in faith. Perhaps the reason you haven't got an answer to your prayer is God's wanting you to take the next step, the next logical step, as you continue to seek Him, as you continue to trust Him, as you continue to put your faith in Him, that you take that next step. Maybe it's a baby step, but you take that next step, continuing to trust Him, saying, God, I've been faithful to you, I've been obedient to you, and God, even though you haven't answered my prayer, God, I am going to step ahead in faith. You know what? God's going to honor that and you step in faith and you begin to move out in the direction that Holy Spirit has laid on your, your heart to step out in and if it's, not the, if, if it's not the right direction that God wants you to go, guess what God will do? He'll redirect your course. He'll redirect your steps as you continue to trust Him, as you continue to have faith in Him, as you continue to be obedient to Him. So don't Don't think that God has given up on you because you've not gotten an answer in the midst of maybe tragic news that you've received or someone you know, a loved one, has received or heard. I want us to close with some prayer time. Um, There are some folks that are just facing some some challenging situations and kind of not necessarily just like hezekiah but in a sense tragedy um you know judy the first one that came to mind when i read this story this week in preparation for tonight was judy uh judy williams Um, you know she was told several weeks ago in fact actually over a month ago maybe maybe two months ago that her kidneys were in total failure and she was told that she didn't have long to live. I remember her telling me that, that the doctor said to her. And as I was getting ready for this teaching tonight, I was her name was the first one that came to my mind. She had received tragic news. Um, and there may be some others that you know of that have received tragic news. Um, TK Courtney is one that has been in uh, in a bad state for a long, long time, and probably had received some tragic news from the doctor at some point. I don't know all of the conversations that took place with him and his wife with the doctor, but uh, he's still in a, in a difficult, difficult place. So uh, I think of him as well. Um, as I look over the list, uh, There's there's some others. I think of Robin Coleman she's not been told that she she doesn't have the days to live but but I, i'm going to be honest with you as her pastor and talking with her i got a sense that robin had given up on life um, and she had stopped eating it was an indication to me that that's where she was and some others in the church have confirmed that with me affirmed it as well in their conversations with her but the good news is that she's back eating but we praise the lord for that so that's a good sign that she's not giving up on life. But uh, I know that she is. Uh, she's in a tough place, uh, not just with her broke foot, but just with other things physically that she's been dealing with or had to deal with. Uh, you got a number of folks tonight. Uh, on our prayer list, if you're part of our Gallman family, I hope that you get that prayer request. I think we email it out to everybody that we have an email address. If we don't, if you don't get it, if we don't have your email address, please get it to us. Uh, you can send it to gallmanbc at gmail.com. Send your email address and we'll make sure that you get on the list to receive information about uh, prayer needs, prayer requests, to events coming up opportunities for ministry opportunities for service in the church um, so uh, i want us to just take a moment and let's pray together maybe you need to pray right now you've got tragic news that's come to use and uh, god's speaking to you through hezekiah tonight about prayer about coming to, in urgent prayer to your god in regards to that urgent news so would you plow your heads with me and let's pray together just in closing And I just want to lift you up, and I'm going to lift up some of these in prayer as we end tonight. Father in heaven, I thank you (laughs) that you set your ear to us and hear our prayers. Thank you for the privilege that we have of praying to you. And Father, I know tonight there may be there's someone listening, someone here tonight that has received tragic news, or they know someone that's received tragic news. So Father, I pray tonight that you would remind them that they can cast their cares on you because you care. And like Hezekiah, that they would be urgent in calling on you to heal, calling on you to restore, calling on you to deliver, calling on you to to intervene in whatever situation where that tragic news has come out of a marriage that's On the brinks of divorce a family who's in near financial bankruptcy a family whose children are running from you Lord rebelling against you and rebelling against their parents God I pray right now anyone that's listening that's facing any kind of thing like that that right now God you would impress on their hearts to be like Hezekiah and to know to know that you hear their cries to you know that you see their tears and though they may not have gotten an answer yet God they can trust you even when they don't see your hands at work they can trust your heart and know that you are there to bring that comfort and to bring that peace in the midst of that tragic news that they've received Lord help us to be a people who do respond not by turning our head to it or putting our head in the ground like an ostrich and thinking hey, you know it's not my problem if we hear tragic news in another person's life but let us be the first to step forth in urgent prayer in intensive prayer crying out to you for you to do and to change your mind oh yes god i pray that tonight I pray God you change your mind with Judy Williams. God, I pray you change your mind with others on this list that are facing terminal cancer, that are facing uh, the end of their life, maybe not far away. I thank you and praise you for you to. I ask you to change your mind with Robin Coleman. Father, I thank you that you do not change who you are, your person, your purposes, your plan, but you do change your mind through prayer, our prayers to you, our urgent prayers to you. May we be found people of urgent praying for the many on our prayer list and the many that we may know that are dealing with tragic news. Oh, thank you for the comfort and the peace. comes straight from you straight from heaven thank you for the reminder tonight that you're right there with us as you were with Hezekiah when he received the news he was about to die you were right there with him to bring that comfort and that peace to him we bless your name tonight oh we revere your name we lift up your name on high we thank you that you are the same yesterday today and tomorrow and we can trust you even when we don't get the answer that we want to get. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with me tonight. I hope that you'll be back with us uh, next week as we continue in our Bible teaching, um, 6 o'clock on Wednesday nights. Hope you have a good night, and uh, come be with us in worship. If you don't have a house of worship that you go to on Sunday morning, let me extend a personal invitation. love for you to come worship with us and experience what god is doing in our midst and god's moving in our midst and we're praising the lord for that and we'd love for you to be a part of that so come and join us uh, for worship uh, again come as you are you don't have to come dressed up come just as you are uh nothing special you have to do to come and worship here at Galman baptist church we're just uh normal folks everyday folks we we're here because we just want to experience uh The power of the Holy Spirit we want to experience the love of God we want to experience the transformation that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit we'd love for you to experience that hope to see you Sunday 10 a.m. worship God bless